wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on today's show, we're going to recap the Royals' 5-4 to four loss against the Detroit Tigers, dropping Kansas City to 2-4 and four, and improving Detroit to 4-2. and two. Man. I mean, this was a must-win series, in my opinion, if you want to remain competitive. Now, I will say there's breaking news right now, as we've started this recording, uh, that the Royals are still trying to be competitive. I mean, uh, they're 2-4 and four right now, expanded playoffs, um, playing in the Central. It's not impossible to reach the postseason still. And they're calling up uh, the youngest pitcher in Royals history to make his debut, and that's going to be Chris Bubich and... You know, it's fine. We're past the service time date, so I don't care anymore about who you want to call up and when you want to call them up. Uh, but I hope he's good because this, you know, with pitchers, if they go out there and get shelled that first time, uh, it can really, it can really change their mindset and it can really change uh, what they try to do on the mound. I hope that this not, that this, I hope that that does not happen for him. Uh, going straight from low A ball to to the major leagues is crazy. Uh, I would have assumed that a guy like Daniel Lynch would be the first guy up next. Um, But, hey, they know more than me, so we'll see how he can perform on Friday. The home opener is going to go to a guy making his Major League debut and that hasn't pitched above A-ball. So we'll see what happens on Friday against the White Sox. Um, You don't don't win the series against the Tigers, uh, so that's, that's tough. I mean... This was a must-win series, and, and losing last night cemented that loss because even if you win tonight, you're just going to split, and, and that's not good enough. You, you, you're you not a team that can split with the Tigers and the Pirates. Every time that you split with these bad teams in the division, then you're going you're gonna to need to steal a game. You're going to need to steal a series from a team that's better than you, and, and how realistic is that going to be? I would say the most disappointing thing about this game, uh, as we move into our three big things, was Danny Duffy uh, because – Danny Duffy was cruising. He was cruising through four innings. He strikes out uh, his first four batters. He he tallies eight strikeouts in this game. And then the unravel happens. The classic Danny Duffy fifth inning unravel happens. I I don't know what it is, uh, but you saw a peek into why Mike Matheny took him out on Friday. Because the track record shows, as I touched on on Monday, the track record shows that fifth inning, as he gets late in that game, if he sees, if he senses any pressure, which he did on, on, on Friday as well, if he senses any sort of pressure, he's going to unravel. He's not a strong pitcher mentally. He cannot, if one thing goes wrong, it's pretty much over for him. 
Uh, and you saw a couple things go wrong last Friday in Cleveland, and Mike Matheny immediately pulls him. And he goes to Scott Barlow, and then Scott Barlow gives up those runs. Uh, but still, Matheny was preparing for the classic Danny Duffy unraveling on Friday. He tried to give him a longer leash today or, or yesterday because of the fact that you had pretty much three straight bullpen days. Uh, you know, you, you go on Sunday with a bullpen day, you go on Monday with a bullpen day after Mike Montgomery can only go two innings, and then you go yesterday with Kyle Zimmer as an opener for a bullpen day. So you really wanted to try to give Duffy a longer leash, so I'm not going to criticize Mike Matheny for not pulling out Duffy early again, uh, because even though we could sense an unraveling possible, you know, possibly happening, as is you know, his track record, Duffy's... Again, you can't do four straight bullpen days. You just can't, especially whenever you have Brady Singer going tonight, uh, who is still a young pitcher. Now, I am in love with Brady Singer's potential. I'm in love with what he showed on Saturday. I think he's going to be an ace. I think he's going to be a Cy Young winner in his future. I think he's already the best pitcher on this roster. He's still making his second career start. And we never know when a stage will be too big for a pitcher, uh, so you do need to have some guys on hand in case he gets into some trouble early tonight. I don't expect that to happen. I really don't. But you've got to be prepared. So I understand Matheny wanting to have Duffy go longer. So I'm going to praise Matheny there. I truly do understand why you left Duffy out there. I really do. Uh, and, and it didn't work out. But he was kind of handcuffed at that point. I mean, he really was. So uh, that's not on Matheny. Uh, that's on Duffy. Uh, if you want to act like you're an ace of this team, if you want to act like you're a good pitcher, you got to get through five. I mean, you, you can't unravel every single time you're on the mound. It, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, Danny Duffy is at best a three starter. And that's what people in Kansas City fail to realize. He's this team's number one starter. This is a bad team. At best, at, at, his, at the peak of his powers, he's a three starter. Rarely do players hit the peak of their power, so he's really about a four or a five starter uh, around baseball. And that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Same with Brad Keller. He, at best, he's a three. He's closer to that three than a five. Duffy's the other way around. Uh, but just because you're at the top of the order on this team, on the top of the rotation on this team, uh, doesn't mean anything. This is a bad team. This is a bad baseball team. They're trying their hardest to win, so I'll give them credit there. But they're a bad baseball team. Uh, Barlow comes in, strikes out a couple, walks a guy, does well, real well. Ian Kennedy gets the, gets the loss in this game, even though I hate the win-loss stat. He he makes one mistake pitch after striking out two guys, home run, uh, and, and that'll all that, you know that'll all do it uh, for the Royals. Now I will say, I do like going back to Tyler Zuber. Uh, after Zuber gives up the couple home runs last night, uh, you know two nights ago, uh, he goes right back to him today. Uh, you know, last night he goes right back to him, and Zuber is going to go one inning with nothing across the board. So he, he got out of it, uh, one, two, three. I like it. Now, he did this with Barlow, and I didn't understand it because Barlow, to me, here's the difference and why I'm going to praise one and, and criticize the other. Barlow, to me, is not going to be around when this team is even close to competitive. Barlow is, is done in a year or two, probably from the big leagues, much less the Royals. Zuber is someone you're hoping can be in the back end of your bullpen. I mean, at least your setup guy whenever you hoist the next World Series trophy. So I, I do like showing confidence in Zuber and going back to him. And again, even with the two home runs given up the, the other night, he didn't look bad. I mean, he got got. It's going to happen in the big leagues, especially in 2020 whenever pretty much everyone can hit home runs. But as in terms of the lineup, 
look, I'm, I'm going to give him praise again. Moved Modesty down to six. Now, I understand why it's at, why Modesty's at six. You don't want to totally kill him because uh, he's going to drop from, you know, he was once the two-hole hitter, then the three-hole hitter, and now he's going to drop all the way down to six. Uh, so I understand why you don't want to drop him immediately down to nine. Uh, he does seem like a fragile player, you know, that can get inside of his own head a little bit. Um, so I understand the six move, uh, but at that point, honestly, uh, I would put him at nine, not because he's the worst hitter on the team, but because at that point you can do the rollover leadoff strategy, uh, where <clears throat> at the end of an inning, uh, you, you can have Mondesi at, at nine. So Mondesi leads off the inning at nine, and then you go Whit Merrifield at two, and then you already moved up Solaire to, to, to two. So then he'll be number three in that inning if, the, if it leads off with number nine. So I, I like that double leadoff type strategy. But again, that's not a criticism of Matheny this time. Uh, I understand why Matheny had to do Mondesi at short at uh, six. I really do. Because dropping you from three to, to nine uh, would probably be devastating for someone who uh, I think everyone can agree is a mental player uh, and is someone who is very uh, fragile. And, and I think that uh, that's just the way it is with, with Mondesi. You're going to need to coddle him a little bit. Uh, and they did that. Put him at six. He he hit a triple last night. Struck out. Uh, you know, that he had a fine night, really. Um, the triple could have got gunned out on that triple. We can talk about defensive positioning and, and how uh, nit, nitpick there. But he was fine last night. I mean, he really was. And there's nothing to talk about with, with Mondesi. Uh, but... Moving him to six was a good step. And if he stays at six the rest of the year, I'll be happy. If he moves back up to two the rest of the year, I'll be happy. If he's anywhere besides three or four, I'll be happy. Just keep him out of that three or four spot, Mike Matheny, and we're fine the rest of the way. Uh, putting in McBroom back at first base, uh, I, I, think that, I think that that's over. I, think, I understand. Again, I've been critical of Mike Matheny. Let me, let me say I understand the move because Ryan O'Hearn and Ryan McBroom were battling all spring training long, all summer camp long. It was a true-to-life battle. Uh, they were truly close and competitive. I understand it. So I understand wanting to go back to Ryan McBroom even after a couple of good games from O'Hearn. But O'Hearn, since he's come back from COVID, has proven to be the better player. And in a 60-game season, you need to just go ahead and play the better players and not worry about getting guys going. You really do. Another tough night for Nicky Lopez in, at the plate. Uh, 0 for 4, a couple hard-hit balls. But it's hard to get in a rhythm whenever you play once a series. I mean, and I don't know why uh, Matheny is treating Nicky Lopez like he's Bubba Starling and, and some uh, you know terrible prospect that has uh, no real chance of being here in the long haul, and he plays once a series. I, I don't understand that. Uh, but we'll see if Nicky Lopez can get back in that lineup tonight. And Whit Merrifield goes off again against the Tigers. I mean, of course he does. He's an elite hitter facing a bad pitching staff. That's what's going to happen when those two things mix. Uh, Michael Franco, though, third big thing is how legitimate Michael Franco is. For some reason, after one series, uh, people were ready to jump off the Michael Franco bandwagon. Uh, the bandwagon I've been leading since December, uh, so I'll take my victory lap already uh, right now. Batting 348 right now on base percentage of 333, seven RBIs two home runs. He's been amazing. Uh, again, terrible fielder. So if you're if you're a traditionalist and you want to complain about fielding, uh, go ahead. But I'll, I'll take the best bat in the lineup and put him out there anywhere, anywhere I can. Uh, the only complaint I ever had with Franco uh, was really with Matheny. And if you take Solaire out of that DH role and put him in right field, you got to put Franco at third. 
and you can slide Merrifield to third and, and put Nicky Lopez back at second. You can do whatever you want to do. But uh, if Soler's ever not DHing, it's got to be Franco. That's how bad Franco is at the, at the uh, hot corner. And, and maybe you can even experiment with putting uh, O'Hearn at third base. If O'Hearn can, uh, can get some work over there and, and put Franco at first, who knows? Uh, but uh, the defense is the only thing holding back Michael Franco. This is a great signing by the Royals, and they deserve a ton of credit uh, for signing Michael Franco. Uh, he's been awesome. And now, again, you fall to two and four. It's still kind of early, but in a 60-game season, this is rough. This is a rough look. Uh, but we'll talk on the other side how the Royals are still trying to remain competitive even at 2-4. and four. Start your morning with what matters most in just 10 minutes. Axios Today hosts Nyla Boudou and a team of award-winning journalists bring you the latest analysis and insight into trends that shaping our world. So visit Axios Today. I also want to tell you about good friends over at CBDMD. It does not matter if you're a professional athlete or a stay-at-home parent, or if you just spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to get through the day. Luckily, our friends over at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can make you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers cooling relief for muscles and joints in an easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recovery combines CBD and inflammation-fighting compounds like Arsena and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this product with everything you need from CBDMD has to offer, they're going to give our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB, 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Once again, cbdmd.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB, 25% off. So let's end the show with the third big thing. The first big thing was was Duffy being a disaster on the mound. Uh, the second big thing was the lineup changes and, and all of that Matheny has done well uh, so far. And then Michael Franco was mixed in that two big thing. I didn't want to branch out of the lineup just to talk about Michael Franco and give a victory lap. The third big thing is that even at two and four, the Royals are still trying to compete. Um, and... On one hand, it makes you feel good uh, because you're not being lied to. Uh, I understand that nationally, if you if you turn on MLB Network, or if you turn on a national baseball podcast, or if you turn on uh, whatever form of media you would like, uh, they're not going to talk about the Royals competing. Uh, but we will because we understand uh, what's happening with Kansas City. We're in touch with what they're saying. We're in touch with the organization and their messaging uh, to the media. They're trying to compete. They've all they've been consistent in saying they're trying to compete, and this move for Friday night, your opener, your home opener, to call up Chris Bubich and have him be your starter. Now, uh, it, it helps his case to be called up whenever you don't have Brad Keller, whenever you don't have Jacob Junis. That takes out two of your starters, and now you don't have uh, Mike Montgomery, so that takes out three starters from your rotation. Uh, but to go ahead and call up a guy who's only pitched an A-ball to – Face a White Sox lineup that I think is pretty good. I think it's a pretty good White Sox lineup. Uh, you're, not, you're not exactly facing uh, the Tigers lineup, even though we've seen the Tigers uh, put up a lot of runs against the Royals this, this, season, or this uh, series. Uh, you're, you're facing a talented lineup with Chicago White Sox, and you're putting a guy out there who's only faced an A-ball because you think he can help the Royals. And, and it's, not, it's not impossible. We see young guys on other teams get called up and make an immediate impact all the time. All the time. So you should feel solace in the fact that they're not selling you a, bit, a bill of goods because if they were just going to try out their Kyle Zimmer on Friday or if they were going to try out their Jorge Lopez on Friday to be an opener, then 
I would be sick of hearing it, and you would be sick of hearing it about the Royals wanting to compete. If they can win tonight with Brady Singer on the mound and prove to three and four, and then Chris Bubich can can get you back to 500 on Friday, you've got a whole new season. With what's happening around the Central right now, with the teams that are failing around the Central right now, you've got a whole new season. So tonight's very important. Friday's very important. And on Friday's show, uh, we're going to talk to the man who knows everything about prospects. All right. He's hosting a new show debuting next week, Locked On MLB Prospects. We're going to talk to him all about the Royals farm system. And we're going to dive in to Chris Bubich because he's going to be starting tomorrow for the Kansas City Royals. So that's going to be fun. So be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Royals.